Another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Alberna. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We are coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And today's topic is Critters 2, the main course. This one came out two years after the original Critters did in 1986. So this is a 1988 film. Uh, picks up two years after the original left off. But uh, we're covering this one specifically where we are in the month of April because what holiday is coming up, Alistair? Easter! And what does that have to do with Critters 2? Or vice versa. I guess Easter doesn't have anything to do with Critters 2. Critters 2 has something to do with Easter. Uh, We could reverse that more accurately. Yeah. So I'm going to say something from the movie in this explaining. Since from the last movie, at the ending there was eggs, and eggs are for Easter, and they found the eggs, but they were the critter eggs, and they were going to use them for Easter. Yeah, so there's a, a big Easter egg hunt in the beginning of the movie, and that's the big tie-in here. And that's how the critters get spread all over town, basically. They find the critter eggs that were at the end of the first critters. Yes, but there's way more of them. There's, there's a yeah, surprise. well, they, I guess they breed or something in this movie. There's a ton of critters in this, hundreds of them. So they eat a lot, probably lay more eggs, more critters are hatched, I guess. Uh, we don't see all of that business, but we can infer it from what is going on. Yeah. So we also. We don't see them hatch. We hear them first. They're like, like they make a cracking sound. Then they move around, basically. Then the critters come out. Yep. And before we get too much into Critters 2, in case our listeners didn't hear our first episode, haven't seen Critters, if for some reason this is their introduction to the show, why don't you give a brief recap of what happened in the first Critters? So the first critters, what happened is the critters were on like a space jail, basically. And they eat like everything. So they ate out of the space jail. They ate out of it. Don't know how they could eat out of a space jail. But they did and they got their fastest ship that they said could zoom around um, the universe ten times without having to get fuel. And then they came to Earth at the Browns' house, basically, and terrorized the Browns' house. Then these bounty hunters, I guess, came in on another spaceship to Earth to destroy the critters. And they destroyed the critters and the Browns' house. And then... This magic controller that they gave him rebuilded his house. Very thorough. 
So yeah, at the end of the first movie, the bounty hunters from space go back to space. They think the critters are done, dead, you know, completely destroyed. But there were some eggs left over at the yes, end of the movie. Because and one of the critters becomes ginormous in a shadow. And then at the end, you see the critters going... Then it shows the Brown's house rebuilding, I think, actually. Yeah, that's not really important. The Brown's house isn't even in the second one. Yeah. So then we've got this one set at Easter time. This this movie, the sequel. This one was made by Mick Garris, who is maybe most famous for going on to do a, like a lot of the Stephen King television miniseries. He's also the creator of the series Masters of Horror. And he's kind of like this figurehead of current modern horror. He brings all these people together for television series and for his own podcast that he runs about horror movies. So he's really important in the world of horror. The movie was also written by David Tui, along with Mick Garris. Uh, and Tui actually wrote a movie that I'm a huge fan of. And a lot of other movies, too, but also wrote a movie called Warlock. And I'm a big fan of Warlock. I was actually on the Undead Wookiee podcast with our buddy Hugh talking about Warlock. So you should go back and listen to that if you haven't. I should actually uh, get over there onto Undead Wookiee again sometime. If you're listening, Hugh, let's make that happen. I never knew. That I was on that show? Yeah. I don't I somehow feel like you did a spot on there. I don't know. Maybe we recorded it no, later. No, he did a spot on our show. No, no. We haven't really had any guests, man. It's just been us, occasionally Joe, and once your mom. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's it. Well, no. and then the live show. Oh, yeah. And then the live show. Yeah. So we had those people on, too, I guess. But, uh, okay. Back to, back to Critters 2. We're getting sidetracked. So... In Critters 2, you see that, like, these two guys, I guess, this guy and his dad go to the Browns' house? Oh, that's not his dad. No, 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 no. That guy's just a teenager who's trying to get beer from an antiques dealer, and he's found these, what he calls antique eggs or whatever, which are critter eggs, of course. Yeah. One of my... Favorite parts is also with, I mean, around um, the house where he puts the eggs. There's two of my favorite parts. It's when the dog comes out and scares the teenager. Uh -huh. It's one of the funnest, funniest parts. And the second one, it, it's a little gory, but it's also funny. The critter eggs hatch. They basically eat everything. And then they eat the chair that the guy is on. Yeah, the old man, the antiques dealer. Yeah, and then he, and one of the critters eats part of his foot. Yeah, and it leaves like like a cartoonish bite out of his foot. Like you'd have in a cartoon if somebody took a bite out of a cookie and it would have the marks of their teeth. It's like that, but on his foot, but with critter teeth. Yeah, and it's also gory and bloody and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that part's pretty gory. Should we do some parental guidance here? Yes. Okay, okay. I think this is as good a spot as any to talk about this. The movie is rated PG-13. And this is, of course, 1988 PG-13. You could get away with a little bit more in 1988 PG-13 than you could today. 
The movie, of course, has some gore, as Alistair discussed. The movie has uh, quite a bit of swearing, actually, a number of instances of people swearing. And then it also includes some nudity. There is a nude woman and the appearance of some adult magazines. And so that's the I can't think of anything else worth noting Um, in terms of that stuff. Gore, obviously, you know whether or not your kids can handle the gore stuff. Swearing, uh, you know whether or not your kids are going to repeat those words. And in terms of the nudity, uh, female human bodies are naturally occurring. So that it just is what it is. And so that's that's the big stuff in terms of parental guidance. It's not really spooky like the first one. No. Because the first one, I think this is the big difference between the two movies. The way you were explaining the first movie, they go and they terrorize this house, right? And it's at nighttime and they're creeping around and we don't see them that much. And they got the spooky red eyes. Yeah, you they know. like glow in the night. They're super yeah. scary. But in this one, they don't have the glowing red eyes. I'm like, ooh, it's night. Those glowing red eyes. And then zero glowing red eyes. Like, what happened to the glowing red eyes? Yeah, well, I mean, even at night, you're right. They kind of don't, they don't do that. It's not something they do in this. Most of it takes place during the day. Um, I would say that... The end part does. The end end part is at night. Yeah, the climax is at night. But the movie is only like, I don't know, it's 82 minutes or something when the credits actually roll. So there's maybe 20 minutes of the movie that's set at night, I swear. Uh, So most of it's during the day. Most of the critters eating people and attacking and hatching is during the daytime and eating stuff from hungry heifers yeah 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 so this is set um again in the same town as the first one yes only it's in downtown that's the big escalation right yeah what's the town called do you remember no grover's bend right and the whole family left Except for his grandma. That... Yeah, the Browns uh, The Browns moved away. Yeah. After the Critters uh, took over their house, which I think is funny. I don't know if you noticed this. So the Browns moved away after the first movie. But the end of the first movie, they, went, they had two endings that they filmed. The one where the house is destroyed and there's critter eggs in the house. And the other one where the house really goofily comes back together in this super silly scene. And then there's critter eggs in the barn or something, right? And so they went with the ending where the house, in this very silly, unbelievable fashion, comes back together. And the family's like, yay, our house is back together. But then they just moved away. Like, they immediately left (laughs) for two years. They've been gone. And the movie, the, the first movie, was two years earlier. So they get their house back, and then they just moved away, totally abandoned the place. It kind of makes that end of the first movie pointless, doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, that's beside the point. But this is a very different movie. That's what we're getting at. Yeah. I don't know why the Browns moved away when their house was rebuilt. Clearly, they were sort of um, not not vilified, but I guess they became sort of outcasts in the town after the event of the the events of the first movie where, you know, they claimed that their house was taken over by aliens. Because even though some people in town experience these crazy events with the bounty hunters, you know, who's going to believe them (laughs) that little aliens from outer space like uh, porcupine space piranhas came down and were eating the family? Who's going to believe them? Nobody. Nobody did. So they moved away. 
The Sheriff Harve, who was played in the first movie by M. Emmett Walsh, who's been recast this uh, time around, he uh, was voted out as the sheriff in a landslide for his opponent. So the whole town really turned against the Browns and uh, anybody involved in the events of the first movie. So that's why they left. But this movie is very different because, again, it's a it's a bit bigger. It takes place sort of all over town. Yeah. It takes place mostly during the day. And it's not really spooky. It's more of kind of a monster. I don't I don't know. Like I'm like almost like a monster Western. Yeah, almost. This time is like a monster Western instead of the like a regular. It's a monster Western. Or yeah, there's like a it's like a face off. Like a showdown between the critters and the town. You know, the town, the townsfolk live in fear of the, the critters for like the last half of the movie. And, and then, our, our wandering hero, Bradley Brown, Brad Brown, who's back in town, he's got to help everybody defeat them. With the help of a sheriff, of course. Uh, you know, a sheriff that's he comes been turned back. away. Yeah, Harv comes back eventually. But I've heard that they can like flip their guns, like they have the guns. And then they flip them back? The spinning the guns on the finger? Uh-huh. Yeah, he does that. I don't know how you can do the spinning the guns on the finger. That's weird. I I guess. I mean, I would I would show you with this Nerf gun sitting over here, but I'm afraid that I'd break my laptop <laughs> spinning it around on my finger. And yeah, but, you could also shoot off. Yeah, and, I, and then I could shoot you in the face accidentally with a Nerf gun, <laughs> and that would be mean. So... Maybe maybe later you can go outside and practice twirling the gun on your finger. Also, you have to load it. You can't shoot if you don't load it. That's true. That's true. Maybe maybe we'll get a real gun then and no. practice with No, no, yeah, no, you're right. Maybe we'll try it with a rocket launcher. <laughs> no. That's way worse than a real gun and a nerf gun. Oh r- really? Yeah. Huh. Chainsaws? That's even worse. So definitely not chainsaws. Yeah, I don't think you can even spin chainsaws. You can juggle them. Dad, so the beginning, I'm not going in order this time, but the beginning is like they have the ship. There's like the secret like cave basically in their ship. They go inside it and trap these monsters and freeze them, I guess? The bounty hunters? Yeah. No, the cave is on, like, a planet. And yeah. they, they're hunting some kind of creature at the beginning. But who's with them? This is important for the story. Who's with them? Who? Mm, I forgot his name. Charlie. Charlie, yes. He said he was a nobody on Earth. But then in, he said, in space... Uh, he's somebody. He's got a job. Since on Earth, he has, like, he doesn't have a job. Well, I mean, not once. I mean, especially once the uh, Browns moved away. The Browns were his only source of employment. He worked for them. But he disappeared right before the Browns left. He disappeared at the end of the first movie. When we saw him last, he was walking away with the bounty hunters. And so we find out in the sequel that he actually went missing after that. And became a space bounty hunter. Yeah. Then the bounty hunters find out that the critters are still alive and they go back to Earth. Then what happens is, well, you don't see that immediately. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not, again, like the past few episodes, I'm not interested in just telling the story from beginning to end. So let's let's just talk about it. You yeah. know, like clearly you don't even want to talk about it because you're like, I don't know, this happens and maybe later this happens. Let's talk about the stuff that you liked. Let's actually talk about okay. the the different things in the movie. Like, so what do you want to say about the bounty hunters? Right. You started talking about them. Let's not go through the story beat by beat. What do you want to say about the bounty hunters? That I like that. What, was it Link? I think was his name. Lee. Lee. There's Ugg. And Lee. Yes. Do you so, see what? Do you see the joke there? Ugh, Lee. Yeah. There you go. Now you got <laughs> it. Now you got it. Yeah. Ugly. And Lee is. Uh, Lee is the one who in the first movie was doing what? Uh, I don't remember. Lee was changing faces yeah. throughout the first movie. Uh huh. What's Lee doing in this one? He only changed like one or two times, basically. Yeah, he, he Lee changes a couple times. First, when they get to the planet, when Lee is still a nothing face, transforms into a nude model from a magazine, and then transforms into a guy who works at the Hungry Heifer. We'll have to talk about the Hungry Heifer. Yeah. And then tries to change into who at the video store? <laughs> Freddy Krueger. Does that work out? No. No. No, I, I think that's a missed opportunity. As a kid, man, I tell you, the first time I saw this movie as a kid, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Freddy Krueger running around fighting the critters. This is going to be awesome. But Charlie stops Lee from changing into Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Ugh, bummer. Bummer. I actually knew as he put it up, I was like, spare that chance. <laughs> yep, that's that's it. No, No chance of that happening. Because, uh, and it probably is better off. I don't think the movie would be on Blu-ray if that had happened just for rights issues alone. If they managed to work it out in the, in like that era, I think it would be pretty hard to get companies to come to agreements over the Critters and Freddy Krueger licenses to make a Blu-ray happen. So, you know, probably better off, but even still. It's something that as, that as a kid really upset me that it didn't happen because I wanted to see it, you know? Yeah, me too. So, yeah, Lee does die? Yeah. The critters, like, sneaks around Lee and then jump on Lee and, like, eat her arm off, basically? Yeah, it's an ambush. A critter yeah. ambush. A critter bush. A critter bush? Yeah. <laughs> A crambush? A crambush. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, and Lee then... dies, but Ugg, who still in this movie looks like Johnny Steele from the music video Power of the Night from the first movie, doesn't take too well to that. And what happens to Ugg? Ugg turns back into the nothing face. Yeah. Ugg is so upset by the loss of his partner that... Yeah, he he becomes a nothing face again, but that proves to be pretty useful later on, doesn't it? Yeah, because he turns into a big critter like their leader, and they say, look at the size of their leader. And he says, like, he knows the plan for the polar icebergers. They set up, like, boom attacks and stuff while the critters are eating. <laughs> so. Boom attacks. That's pretty. That's a pretty vague way to say. I mean, I mean, they... like, uh, 
What are they called? Bombs? No, bombs, yes. So, yeah, Set they up. fill a meat factory with bombs and then, and then lure the critters in. Yeah, and the leader says, cheeseburgers, no bones. Yeah. And then they roll to and the And it's a really big critter. It's a huge critter, and everybody is shocked by the size of that critter, but the critter's big because, as you pointed out. Yeah, because the bounty hunter turns into a big critter. This is one of the things I like about the movie. The first movie has a lot of cool stuff in it. Sets up a lot of things. Maybe doesn't do a ton of things with these different ideas. You know, the bounty hunters change faces. And it's maybe a little confusing for the humans in the first movie. But it doesn't really serve a major narrative function. In this movie, though, they take that basic idea of the bounty hunters are confusing weird aliens who change faces and actually use that for narrative purposes. Yeah, and use that as, like, plans. Yeah, it serves a purpose in the climax of the movie. Yeah. So every every idea from the first Critters is paid off, I think, in this one. I To me, I don't know that I like this one better than the first one, but it is on par for me. I think it's as good a sequel for Critters as you ever could have hoped for. It is shockingly good, shockingly well-constructed, and uh, better, I mean, better than it maybe has any right to be as a sequel to Critters, you know? But man, like, they get so much right. And it's Mick Garris and, you know, Tui together, and I think they just knocked it out of the park with this one. Yeah, but there's also a surprise ending. Ah. The place blows up. Then the teenager from the past thinks it's going to blow up again. Uh, Brad Brown. No. Oh, 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 the uh, the bully guy. Yeah. Yeah. And But this ginormous ball of critters booms out of the factory. Yeah, they, they form... It's so... Man, I love that. It's such a great image. Explain it as best as you can. What okay. do they do? So, basically, they come together into, like, this giant ball of critters. Then they they don't eat their way out. They just crash through the door. Yeah. And, of course, all of them have their mouths facing the outside of the ball. So, there's just chomping. It's a giant ball of chomping mouths. Yeah. And then they roll over this guy, and then when you when they come over, skeleton. Yeah, they eat all the flesh off of him, like, instantaneously. Yeah. It's amazing. Again, what a great idea, right? It's taking those elements of the first movie that were pretty cool and elevating them. You know, yeah. doing something new and unexpected. But I think, like, if you had to imagine in 1986 what a sequel to Critters would look like, you'd just think it'd be more Critters, you know? And that they would just eat more, it'd be gorier, there'd be more of them, they'd maybe attack a town. And sure, that is what Critters 2 is, but there are ideas here that elevate this concept beyond space piranhas (laughs) eat everything. And the Critters kill this dead, like, ox or something? Sure, they eat the cattle. Yeah, the cattle then, the like, a swarm of critters comes to the cattle to feast. And they say they come together to feast. Like yeah. Like in the hungry heifers. Yeah, they come, so they eat like a family. And <laughs> the critters. The hungry heifers, like, they use the spoons and they, they, like, put it in the lettuce and whee! 
like confetti (laughs) (laughs) all over the critters. One of the critters, when the bounty hunters come in, they shoot a critter into the frying pan. (laughs) Yeah, into the fry machine. Yeah. Yeah, and it gets all fried. And then I like that one of the critters, like, sprays another critter with ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> and they spray, uh, they spray Ugg with, with mustard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's attacking. one of the best scenes when, when they're at Hungry Heifers, because it's just pure critter chaos. They're flipping burgers and laughing and messing <laughs> like, around. It's like, it's like in Gremlins when they go to the bar. Yeah. You know? They're, like, throwing... Like burgers onto the floor, the stove, and like the the one critter was just flipping them over. Yeah, constantly. I I use the I use the gif of that online a lot. I'll probably actually use that gif when promoting this very episode because I love that gif. It's like flip, 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 <laughs> and then <laughs> then the bounty hunters come in and just rain vengeance upon these critters man it, <laughs> it is, is so it's it, it's all so funny since like the critters say uh-oh <laughs> and man but they get obliterated they turn into a chunky mess of critters all over the place and then like they shoot a critter into a frying pan <laughs> yes and yeah. they throw a critter onto the frying pan and he was like, Ugh. and then the critter still flips the critter. It, onto it's his a great face. scene. It's it's very funny. Do you remember the hungry heifer uh, jingle? Yeah. The song. Hungry heifer. I don't remember it. Uh, I only remember get a cheeseburger, some buffalo fries, and wash it down with some moose shake. <laughs> hungry heifer. We won't feed you, bombster. And then it's like, get a cheeseburger, <laughs> some buffalo fries, wash it down with some moose shake. <laughs> oh man, oh, yeah, I I love I love this movie. I really do. Is it time for basically best? Oh, I guess so, man. Are we there? All right. Yeah. So, Beastly Best, man, what is the coolest monster moment in this movie? There's only one answer, I think. Critters at the Hungry Huffers. Oh, really? You think it, You think that's it? Yeah. I think it's the giant ball of critters. Yeah. But I, that's my second. Okay, okay. I have two. Man, and I mean, it's on the cover for a reason here, man, on this Blu-ray. The Blu-ray we have is from the Critters collection from Scream Factory. Actually have three. Oh, you have another one? Yeah, oh man, I now this is three. I got to tell you when you were like 4, you had so many beastly bests, so many monstrous minutia moments, so many uh get spooked moments. It was crazy. One episode I had to cut out like 5 moments cuz you went on for a half hour <laughs> just in these segments when you were 4 years old. So, now we're back to that that level. Only for critters. Only for critters. All right. Okay. Critters is the exception. So my first one is the critters at Hungry Heifers. My second one is the Critters Ball. And my third one is when the critter gets thrown into the fryer. Yeah. It's fried. You remember when the dad steps on the one critter, the baby critter in the bedroom, <laughs> and it's like a pile of green goop? Yeah. That's good, man. <laughs> they used to make, when I was a kid, they would make these pies. And this is what that reminds me of. They had these little pies They were like fruit pies and stuff, and they'd have like a pastry shell, and they'd be kind of like glazed with like a 
cream kind of glaze on them. And then they'd have different fillings. And there was one called the Ninja Turtles pie. And it was filled with like a vanilla cream, but it would be green. It was like dyed green. And to me, that stepped on critter looks like the inside of one of these Ninja Turtle pastries from when I was a kid. Were you still a kid when this movie was made? Yeah, I was like four when this came out. Oh, so probably. So probably. So it could have been? Could have it been could, one of those? It could have been. Just the <laughs> inside. I don't, I don't know when they were making those Ninja Turtle things. I don't think it was for another couple of years. Like, uh, we're probably talking 91, 92, they were making those Ninja Turtle pies. But I could be wrong. That's off the top of my head. But, off uh, the top of your head. Yep. Head. So there's our beastly bests. Uh, time to get spooked. Ooh. Were you spooked by anything? Uh, I wasn't spooked, but I would say people might get spooked by the goriness of the foot. Yeah, yeah. The, I was going to say, if anything in the movie is spooky, it's that scene with the baby critters first appearing at the antique shop. Because the antique shop itself is kind of spooky. You know, it's kind of a creepy, dirty place. There's not many yeah. lights, you know. And then... When the baby critters are around, we don't see them for a while. And there there's evidence that they've been doing creepy critter things. But then they show up and they're like really cute. And then, and then they just are kind of goofy. They do bite off that dude's toes, which is pretty unsettling. But for the most part, they're just too cute to be that scary. Yeah. Oh, but then also they jump. We didn't even talk about this. Holy cow, we've made it all the way through almost both of our last segments, and we didn't talk about the Easter Bunny. This is our Easter episode. Tell our listeners what happens to the Easter Bunny in this movie. So the sheriff gets in the Easter Bunny costume. He doesn't wear anything under the Easter Bunny costume. And what happens is the baby critter jumps inside the open part of his suit since he can't open it with his gloves on. His zipper's stuck or something. Yeah. And so he's like just, yeah, wearing underwear under this uh, Easter bunny suit, but he's got like basically the fly is open, like the zipper is open. Yeah, and then this critter just jumps in his suit and starts eating him. Yeah, but it's like three or four critters, though. It's not just one. Yeah. It's like a bunch. They're like, thum, 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 thum. like they just fill his suit and he starts shrieking and everybody's at church for the Easter service. And then he, in the Easter bunny suit, covered in blood, comes rocketing through the window. Somehow the critters are gone. That part's kind of confusing. Like, I don't understand what happened the to the critters. I think the critters maybe, since that happens, I thought they threw him through the Oh, they the climbed window. out of the suit and then threw him through? I don't know. It doesn't make much sense when you really think about it, but uh, I don't think you're really supposed to think about critters movies like that deeply. So we'll ignore the bit of logic yeah, uh, I think we I think we there. watched it too deeply. <laughs> Did we? No, no, no. It's no. important to understand that yeah. stuff. It helps me as a writer, at least, think about the logic of my monster movies. Yeah, that's what I do. Like, if I'm really interested on it, I kind of look a little more closer than I did to say, like, ooh, how did that happen? Yeah, well, and we were admiring a lot of the like special effects work because we could see thanks to the blu-ray a lot of the strings and cables the critters are pulled by strings people who are um hit by critters and things are like then pulled away by cables and rigs that you can see on the blu-ray and we enjoy understanding how the movies are made 
You know, that that for me, I can still enjoy the movie as a monster movie and understand how it's made. I mean, as a filmmaker, you know, these things go hand in hand. But, you know, they're doing stuff in this movie that we love special effects wise. They're throwing critter balls at people. Yeah. So (laughs) so you got strings on critters. You got people throwing critter balls. The Kyoto's again. Kyoto's. Kyoto's are again in charge of the critters. We looked up how to pronounce it this time. Kyoto's. No, Kyoto. Kyoto's. Yeah. Yes. So the Kyoto's are again in charge of the critters, and there's clearly some, either the Kyoto's themselves or some PAs or special effects folk throwing critter balls into the shots, which is always fun. We love a shot in a movie where people are hurling. Well, there's a lot of string pulling, but like when they're in the truck and then they're like jumping in the window, it's clearly somebody just throwing them at them. Like underhanding. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, then you know we love it in movies when people hurl monsters and things at (laughs) actors on the set. Yeah. It's, you know, people talk a lot about cat shots, you know, where people throw the spooky cat into a shot to scare an actor or just throw a cat at somebody. <laughs> I prefer it when it's like a puppet or a spider or something <laughs> like that. Like the tarantula. Throw a frogs. tarantula in your face. <laughs> Stack yeah. up those frogs to outer space. There it is. I was throw wondering. Throw a tarantula <laughs> in your face. <laughs> so... All right. What's your spookiest moment? Oh, you said it, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I did. I guess. I guess we're done. Yeah. Huh? Anything else to say? No. Because we we got around to the Easter stuff finally. I also think that the painted critter eggs look cool <laughs> yeah. when they paint them as Easter eggs. I think those are really awesome looking. Yeah. But that's a that's a side note. Not even worth a whole section of the podcast. Yeah. So critters too, man. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. Oh, All right. no, it's good. Oh. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah, watch it. Pick up that Blu-ray set from Scream Factory, I say. Yes. And so with that, uh, really quickly here, I do want to, because I brought up Hugh and Undead Wookiee podcast earlier in the episode. I do want to give a couple other shout outs if that's cool with you, my man. Yep, I'm fine um, with that. Big shout out to the Angry Dad podcast. That's a show that uh, if you turn to us for the family friendly listening, you don't turn to Angry Dad for the same thing. Uh, definitely a lot more swearing and stuff on Angry Dad's show. But it's a show I've been listening to a lot. He puts out like really brief kind of eight to ten minute episodes that are mostly just motivational and i enjoy that a lot and he he and uh and we he and we he and i have been going back and forth uh on social media and stuff recently and i listen to his show i like the motivation that it provides you know somebody to just yell into my ears like just do it follow your dreams you know i like that i need that you know i need somebody staying on top of me uh keeping me going so angry dad podcast check that out uh, obviously our pals, uh, Phantom Dark Dave, Terrible Terror, you know, listen to them to Spook Factory. I didn't tell you Spook Factory, the kids show. Yep. They just did, um, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. So you're going to have to listen to that episode, Al. Oh yeah. That sounds good. And of course, uh, my neighbors are dead and unspookable. Unspookable. Season two. Season two starting up of Unspookable uh-huh. real soon. And I'm on it. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> that was my idea. So uh, there you go. There's some stuff to listen to. 
And uh, let's let's wrap this up, man. Let's let's get into social media. What where are we in social media on Instagram? Cadavercast. Nailed it. On Twitter, we are at Cadaver underscore cast. Facebook. Critters and Creeps Club. The Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club. And if you want to email us, you can shoot us an email at cadavercast at gmail.com. And you can support our show by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash word salad. And the money we pull in goes into Al's college fund and it also supports quote unquote guilty. And so, you know, head over, become a patron and, uh, you know, get some exclusive stuff and help out this little dude here who really likes the Critters movies. Yes, I do. And soon we will come back uh, talking about Critters 3 and 4. There's that Critters show on Shudder that we need to get around to. So we still have more Critters, and we'll get to it, won't we? Yes, we will. (laughs) All right, man. You want to sign us out? You've been listening to another episode of CadaverCast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. Thanks. Thank you, everybody. Bye. We love ya. Cheeseburgers, no bones. <laughs>